0: Welcome everyone to Seek Go Create. We redefine success in leadership, business, and ministry by sharing topics, stories, and conversation that allow us to rethink how we live, work, and lead. This is your host, Tim Winders. I'm a performance coach and author who specializes in helping executive teams and leaders maximize their potential. So uh, listen, let's go ahead and jump in. We've got a fun fun guest today. We connected some time back. We have Matthew Potter as our guest, and I'm going to give a real short bio because I'm, I want him to tell a little bit more about himself. Uh, Matthew is the founder of Pray.com. For those of you watching this, maybe on Facebook or video, you see he's got it on his got his, own his shirt there and behind him, looks like a press conference. It's really cool. Founder of Pray.com, also Homestack and has had a role in other businesses as a founder or advisor. Matthew, welcome to Seek Go Create.
1: Thank you so much, Tim. Thanks for having me on. And thank you to everyone that's listening out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's great to have you here. Everybody who listens in knows that I've got this first question. And, uh, and it's just, and it's kind of a simple one, you know, and it's kind of a, I don't want to call it an elevator pitch. I think that's, I'm not sure how we can get in elevators nowadays. But let's just say we bump into each other, don't know each other that well. And I ask you the question, what do you do? We've only got a few seconds, maybe a short period of time. What do you What do you tell people? Respond. What do you
1: do, Matthew? Yeah, I, I would just tell people that we created the number one app for daily prayer and faith-based audio content. And it's a website and app called Pray.com.
0: Wow, that's it's a, that's a that. great, great, simple one. Very, very, very succinct and to the point. You know what I love about that? This is actually getting off track right out of the gate. Is I love that in the name, I think it says a lot about what you guys are all about.
1: Yep, I would agree. Uh, You know, just having the domain pray.com brings a lot of weight uh, to it. And there's a big weight of stewardship and responsibility for a name like pray.com, which we, you know, take very seriously that responsibility.
0: Yeah, I love the word stewardship. We may circle back to that, but. One of the things that I, I really like to do here is Matthew, I like to kind of understand people's thought processes. We like to talk about success and, and, and I know I've seen your bio and all, and you've got founder by a few things, advisor, and, and you seem like a guy that has had a lot of success, but I always know that with success, there also comes some challenges, but um First, before I do anything else, I, that name founder is a title that, you know, a lot of people are entrepreneurs, a lot of people, business owners, a lot of people, leaders, things like that. Founder is not a name that a lot of people have attached to them. Is that, do you use that name to describe yourself often, founder?
1: Yeah, I, I would say as a as a descriptor, I would say founder, um, I, I use Quite often, um, and just because I would say when you found a company, when you're a part of a founding team, and and we can you know go into you know how to best found a company, and uh, you know how many founders are the best numbers of people, um, should it be you know a Batman Robin or should it be an X Men, uh, but. Um, Uh, I would say as as a founder, you have a big responsibility uh, that your qualities, characteristics get ingrained into the company and create the culture of the company and how you want people to operate uh, within a company, Uh, whether it be from communication rhythm to uh, empathy on how they treat the customers to your devotion to the company or the way you research or the mindset that you bring. Uh, you really impart that into the company and the company takes on the culture uh, that the founder said.
0: All right. So so two great questions I think came out of what you just said. Um, I, as, as someone who works with businesses quite a bit, and I have for a number of years and have owned companies myself, I I actually at times get uncomfortable with partners that come together with somewhat of a posse mindset, it's like hey i've got a great idea you've got a great idea let's get together and open up a restaurant or let hey we enjoy drinking beer together so let's open up a brewery right um without really any thoughts about you know what people bring to the table what skill sets people have and you mentioned some great ones that i'm going to come back to but i want to ask you very specifically here as a founder what do you believe that you bring to the table when you when you come and I might ask you about the other people that are a part of your organizations too but what do you bring to the table
1: yeah I would say the the biggest qualities that I bring to the table would be uh, an empathy for our customer and a devotion to our mission Uh, so those would be the two big qualities that I bring to the table and my co-founders Uh, you know, have have different qualities. And we, we really, when we came together, to your point, uh, you know, you don't really, you know, let's, let's start a company together, you don't realize that that's a marriage. And, you know, there's ups and downs, there's, there's fights, there's um, good times and bad times. But uh, I would say one thing that we did really well is in the beginning, before we started the company, we did a ton of research. We collected a lot of data, but most importantly, we also were very honest about the qualities that we have, the qualities that we don't have, and where we're lacking. And we took a lot of different personality tests to realize how to communicate to one another uh, as a founding team of Prey.com.
0: So did you learn a lot about yourself when y'all were doing those tests?
1: I did. And I had never taken any of those tests, actually. Oh, and, really? Um, so, yeah. so as
0: a, as a coach uh, and, a, and kind of a leadership guy, I have been doing those tests, giving those tests for going on 30 plus years. Wow. So, And, and so in many ways, I really, really love them because I think it helps with self-awareness. Yeah. But in other ways, I think some people misuse them. There's a lot of people wearing them as their identity in today's world and and in a lot of the circles we're in. So it's very, very refreshing to me to hear that you guys were able to use them and use them to kind of help help, I guess, learn about yourselves and help fit together. Did when you took them, did y'all look around the table and go, hey, we don't need Joe at all? Or <laughs> No, but you get, you're um, the empathy guy, so you wouldn't do that. But, but I mean, did you yeah. all look around and go, wait, we're all like type
1: blank? <laughs> yeah, I think um, uh, kudos to uh, Steve Gatina, who's the CEO and also founder of Pray.com, um, for finding uh, myself, Mike Lynn and Ryan Beck and, and knowing and having the forethought that we all brought different skills together. Um, before, you know, we all got together in a room. So uh, we didn't really have that situation. Um, but I would say that, you know, Steve had the insight and the forethought uh, to go, okay, I need uh, an X-Men team that have these qualities. And then when we all got together in a room, we took a bunch of tests to find out how to communicate to each other, how to talk to each other, um, how, to, how to argue with someone else, right? Um, without, without it, you know, being uh, personal or coming down to uh, name calling or, or anything like that. But, um, you know, how to get your point across. And, and everyone brings different qualities to the table. And we all have different perspectives. And by having those different perspectives, we come out of problems uh, in different ways. And it ends up netting out at the best result uh, by having all that brain power in one room.
0: Yeah, I, I love that response. You know, I was, I actually had kind of a line of questioning I thought I would go down, but this is really opening up, I think some powerful teaching for the listener because I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs, we have a lot of business people, we have a lot of people in leadership roles, both in ministry and in business. And what you're talking about right here, Matthew, is powerful regardless of the organization that's being formed. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I wanted to ask To me it sounds a little bit like steve i don't want to say he was recruiting or or there was like a draft or uh you know or or anything like that but did he with intentionality go out and find this team did it come together you know we'll even jump to you know the spiritual was it a divine connection was there some rumblings going on or was it a combination of all of that how did it form up
1: yeah it, it was a divine um it was a divine connection uh you know we like to call it providence it was it was definitely providence on the way that we all came together and that's it's really interesting so how about a If it's okay with you, let me tell the story.
0: Yeah, let's do a quick story on it because I was going to do that later, but let's do that now because I love the learning that we could gain from hearing stories like this.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll tell you my background and story and then I'll tell you how we all got together. Um, So I I was born in a small town in Washington uh, to a 15-year-old scared and lonely girl. And uh, my parents, my um, adopted parents, had been trying to have children for 10 years and got connected to a young pastor of a local community church in Los Angeles. And little did uh, another pastor in Washington uh, think that one of his congregants uh, was going to adopt a baby and and send that baby to Los Angeles to another pastor's church. So uh, my parents got connected to the pastor, and his mentor was a pastor in Washington, ended up connecting them, and they adopted me. Um, and then after that, I uh, went on to uh, college, to Boise State University, and uh, started my first company um, after that. And so the way I got connected to Steve was Steve and I were in some entrepreneurial groups together. We played high school uh, football at rival high school football teams. Mm. And I randomly walked into a coffee shop in our hometown that I frequented and ran into Steve. And Steve is one of these very positive you, you ask him how he's doing. He always says, live in the dream. And when he walked into that coffee shop that day, he looked like a ghost of his former self. He was not in a great mood. You could tell that he was sad. And I'll, I'll kind of get more into that in a in a minute. Um, but-, but did you know, you knew him previous or was that the first meeting you guys were? Okay. I had known him previously for about 10 years. And, uh, but I hadn't talked to him in a long time. And so, you know, randomly running into each other at a coffee shop, you know, I had a lot of questions for him. I wanted to know what he was doing and uh, how he was doing. I could tell that he uh, was not doing well. And little did I know that Steve's business partner had just passed away in a plane crash in Medellin, Colombia, and they were filming a movie called American Made with Tom Cruise. And Steve was going through a lot of different things in his life at that time. And he ended up purchasing the domain pray.com to help people who are going through similar situations in life. And he wanted to create the ESPN for faith-based content, uh, uh, bringing, you know, people of different denominations. um, You know, if you're Presbyterian, if you're non-denominational, if you're Baptist, all into one place where they can get high quality faith content to help them through their life. And um, what Steve didn't know is I had started my company Homestack. I built it over 10 years. It was doing phenomenal, but I felt that I lost my purpose. So I called my pastor's daughter, who's my best friend, Kayla Rutherford, And I said, how can I help? How can I give back to my church? And she gave me a couple ideas. We were opening a new campus of our church at the Veterans Center in Santa Monica. So she asked me to help her uh, open that campus. And I said, Kayla, you know, um, that scares me. I know how to build businesses. Starting campuses uh, scares me. But you know what? If that's what God has in store, let me pray about it. I prayed about it that night. And the next day I found myself in that coffee shop with Steve at a table talking about pray.com. And Steve told me what he was building. And I said, you know what, Steve, I talked to my pastor's daughter yesterday. You don't know this. This is divine providence and I'll help you do pray.com. I'll even work for free, whatever you need. Uh, I feel that it is my purpose and God's calling on my life to help you.
0: Right, because gosh, there's so many things there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, All right. So first of all, you were obedient. There was some obedience there.
1: Yeah. Did you go to the coffee shop every day or was it kind of a happenstance? I I, I went to another chain coffee shop most frequently. And this coffee shop was happenstance. It was a little closer local coffee shop. And I just needed a, a 15 minute, you know, exhale. And I needed to take some time. And I ran into Steve. And, and Mike, Mike Lynn and Ryan Beck's stories are even, are just as interesting. Um, you know, Mike Lynn uh, grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin, watched his dad go through the same door for 35 years at a paper mill, and which developed a huge amount of discipline in Mike's life. But his parents ended up getting divorced. His mom got swindled by a financial planner in their hometown. And he vowed not to let that happen to anyone again. And so Mike uh, got a job at Merrill Lynch, ended up becoming the youngest top 100 bankers in uh, America and ended up helping Steve through his business partner's death. And so they just got connected because of all the financial complexities in Steve's business partners passing away. And Mike ended up becoming on our team as the CFO of pray.com. Wow. Now, so I
0: mean, oh so tell, tell me real quick Ryan's story because I yeah I, there's there's a number of things that I want to ask about this because I'm an engineer by training
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I'm a man that operates on a lot of faith and I know we have people listening and so they're business people that are, maybe even confused by this conversation. I don't want to say that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, wait, how do you duplicate that? Where does this fall under strategy? How do you, how do you make plans for this, especially as we're recording this in early 2021, where we're coming off of a year where most people's best plans were thrown out the window. So tell us about Ryan, and then I'm going to drill down more on
1: this. We're going to have fun with this. Yeah, sounds great. So, Uh, Ryan and Steve went to middle school together. Ryan ended up getting connected to kind of a rough crowd. And uh, he ended up uh, getting busted with a couple pistols and cocaine in his car driving on the freeway and ended up going to jail. And that's the last time Steve talked to Ryan. Hmm. And Ryan went to jail, got out, got a job, from a pastor being a janitor at a church and the church ended up sending ryan to bible college and ryan got back and and ryan if so no one has probably met ryan but ryan is an extreme introvert he's an incredible person but being a pastor just isn't right uh, for ryan when you're an introvert and an engineer and so uh ryan got out of uh, Bible college, and his church ended up giving him a scholarship to go to uh, Calvin College, where Ryan majored in computer science and became an engineer. And right after college, he ended up working for a company that um, you know collects and deploys millions of dollars to India for different Christian reading programs and um, single mom programs uh, in India. And Steve is driving on the freeway, got off uh, the freeway for, you know, to go to his favorite Mexican food restaurant. And Ryan ends up being in front of him in line. And the connection was made. Now, Steve looked at him a little funny because the last time he saw Ryan, Ryan was going to jail and hanging out with a rough crowd. And so Ryan asked Steve what he was working on. Steve told him and Ryan said, you'll never guess what just happened to me the last 10 years of my life. And now Ryan is our CTO at Pray.com, or Chief Technology Officer, and runs our engineering team. So God is making these connections in your life, and uh, planning for it is great. And trying to manufacture it is also not wrong. uh, But when it's right, it's right, and God will direct your paths, in my opinion. So one of the things and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but,
0: but it seems as if everyone on the team was ready. I don't, I don't know if, does that make sense? In other words, there was a yeah. readiness, a, a I don't even want to say brokenness. They were, you, you know, you were at a place that you were ready for whatever that next thing was. Would that be a correct assessment?
1: Yeah, I, I would completely agree with you. Uh, everyone was ready uh, for the job at hand.
0: Yes, and I'm assuming that that means that y'all have had no issues, no problems. Everything's been easy and a piece of cake, right? (laughs) Uh, Oh, wait, that was funny. That wasn't a joke. (laughs) The reason I bring uh, that up, Matthew, listen, I I wanna, uh, listen, we've got so many people of different backgrounds listening in. Mm -hmm. And I went to a couple of years of Bible school and I've been around a lot of church people and I love church people. But yeah. there are times that there's this thought that God is some kind of magician, some magic wand or something like that. And when when something like you've just described happens, everything is awesome and the rest of your life is great.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's just not true. And, uh, you know, for <laughs> bad doctrine. Listen, that's bad doctrine, right? <laughs> for, for people listening, you know, the Bible says when you face trials of many kinds, not if you face trials of many kinds. And that... You know when and if that that changes everything, right? And so uh, you will always face trials, and it's it's God, you know, preparing you. And uh, I faced a lot of things uh, in my previous business, and I know my co-founders as well that prepared us for uh, pray.com. So when you said you know you were ready, uh, I go yes, we were ready, but that doesn't mean that uh, we don't face trials or friction. Um, Within, within the company or our journey of what we've been doing um, I just can sense a presence of God having his hand on what we're doing the entire time
0: right yeah and and, and I'm I was kind of having fun with that because I knew the answer yeah but but I, but I also know I've had so many conversations with people that have this thought that when they have a situation like you just described or even near it, that that it unlocks this great magical place that everything is is great and you know that's just not the world that we're in and like you you know quoted the scripture that we will have it's not like if so uh, so that's really good i do want to back up a little bit though because you you mentioned homestack and and my guess is one of the themes i think i mentioned right before we clicked record is that we love to discuss Uh, success and part of, because of my background and because of everyone we seem to interview, we recognize that it is not that uh, you pray or you find a business or, you know, magically money comes into your bank account and life is great. We are in a constant redefining of success. That's really what our, a little bit of our mantra is. So go back and tell us a little bit, let's do a little bit of the origins of Homestack. Yep. And, and I want to ask a few questions because where I'm going, I'll go ahead and tell you where I'm moving towards. Yep. I want to get to the place where you said you didn't feel as if you were walking in your purpose, how you were designed, your assignment, whatever, all these things. But I want to give a little background for myself and listener so that we could build up to that. Okay. So tell us yep. a little bit about
1: Homestack, and but that's where we're going. Yeah. So uh, Homestack is an incredible company. Um, I built that company with my co-founder, Will Graywall, over 10 years, uh, put Will in as the CEO when I left uh, to do Prey.com. And Homestack started uh, because Will had a, had a passion for real estate. And I had a dad who was an entrepreneur who started a real estate company. And he grew it from six people to you know, 1,500 real estate agents, nine office locations. And at the time we had seen the app store open And we had seen Zillow and Trulia and Redfin come onto the app store. And I had been hearing what real estate agents were saying from my dad and from uh, just being in that industry for, for so long. And I said, you know, there's an opportunity here where I know real estate companies are gonna want to provide an incredible solution to their clients to help them through the home buying experience and home searching experience. And so Will and I went down the path and made all the mistakes and had no money. I put the entire company on my credit card and Will put the entire company on his credit card, which, you know, it bootstrap startup is one of the hardest things you can do, uh, I, I would say. And we we did it we did it. And we found product market fit with our customers right away. We we had developed that gut instinct from being in the industry and hearing what uh, the customers were saying and being customer obsessed. And so we made all the mistakes, but we built that company over 10 years. It's doing incredible. We've had the most growth uh, last year uh, out of any year previous. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's how we started Homestack. So 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 first of all, I
0: want to ask, you've had the most growth last year. When did you step away from being actively involved and turn things over to Will? What, what was the time frame there?
1: Yeah, I stepped away four years ago. So the end of okay. 2016 is when we started Pray.com and when I stepped away from uh, Homestack.
0: Okay. To, to what do you think, just observing, what do you think you attribute the growth... That uh, HomeStack achieved last year, especially—I'm—I'm I'm assuming you're meaning 2020—that
1: mm-hmm.
0: that many uh, many businesses had challenges. Let's just say in 2020. I mean, just looking in, can you give us uh, some learning points that you observed?
1: Yeah, I would—I would say you know the years of experience, the years of data that we collected, where we had iterated and improved. Um, and, and this is also, you know, a mantra that we have at Prey.com. There's no silver bullets. Uh, you know, it's small improvements over time. And that's, that's what we had been doing at Homestack. So I know a lot of companies were affected by COVID-19. And, um, you know, Prey.com and Homestack were both affected uh, by COVID-19, but in a positive way. And mm-hmm. it's not, you know. It's something that I feel bad about. A lot of businesses being affected in a in a bad way. Uh, but I would say the thing that defined it for Homestack was small improvements over time, compounded, as well as being customer obsessed and knowing what the customer wants and needs uh, for their clients, because Homestack is a B2C to, to C or a B2B to, B to C. Uh, company. So oh, wow. Uh, we, sell, we sell a product to companies that then distribute the product to their uh, consumers.
0: Wow. Excellent. Those are, I mean, two or three of the things you mentioned there, we could actually continue talking about, but I'm going to leave that there so we don't go down that rabbit hole because I think that was very valuable. And, and I love the heart, the way you brought it up. There were businesses that were positioned very well in march of 2020 you know they were they were online they they have a spiritual component pray.com i mean you know when people are challenged in many ways where are they going to go search well you know what i think maybe i should pray i don't know what to do but let me think about praying so um but then there are also many businesses we know that were just not positioned well so what a great i think testimony that it sounds as if you were really positioned well, but your heart says, you know, that there were people that were in pain and grieving. I was very similar. I remember March and April of last year, I was almost grieving because of what I'd been through in 08, 09, 10. We had real estate companies. I knew yeah. that there were going to be a lot of people that were going to be hurting in this. So, so,
1: so you, you've got Homestack, things are and going we well. You were, go, go we were used to pain, by the way, at Homestack. We started Homestack during the worst real estate financial crisis ever. And so, uh, you know, we were used to that pain and, and being able to work through uh, market conditions uh, and iterating, you know, on small things over time. Uh, so it, it is something that we had developed as a muscle almost uh, is uh, worrying about market conditions all the time
0: yeah and and i think that brings up i think a valuable topic in matthew in in that it is great to have fresh new ideas and be able to look and create and things but there's also a great deal of value to have some experience Mm
1: -hmm.
0: (laughs) and and my guess is because of the time that y'all built homestack it it caused some of the current discussions that you guys had probably early part of last year around the, around the conference table at Prey.com. Correct.
1: Yeah. I would say, I would say those experiences have definitely uh, affected in a positive way, the trajectory of Prey.com, and you know, how we react uh, to market conditions and viruses or financial crises um, yeah. and building that in, as, as we think about the growth of the company. So yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree with you.
0: Yeah, all right. So, so there's there's something you mentioned right at the beginning that I'm gonna kind of come back to now that we've heard the background of Homestack. We know when you made the transition over to pray.com, but you mentioned something and you said it quickly, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take it as casual. Mm-hmm. And that is something to the effect of, you believe that you had lost your purpose or that folk, I don't know the exact words, maybe you can correct me there. And so you were looking when Steve, you actually had said a prayer, you actually were asking around. So when you bumped into Steve, we talked about it earlier, you probably were ready for something else. Tell me about that time and what was going, even go through it mentally and spiritually, what were you going through in 16 or early 16 or whenever that time was that you had a business going well, that, that many people would love to be in that position, but yet you were seeking to use a word that means a lot to us here on the podcast.
1: Yeah. Um, and I think, I think this goes a lot into um, a question that you ask is, you know, how do you define success or how do you redefine success? Uh, but business was going great. Homestack going great. I love the people at Homestack. The team was incredible. Um, Will is incredible, and he's making that business grow and doing a great job. For myself, I felt that I wasn't on the the path that God wanted me on. Um, I felt that my purpose was not being fulfilled. Um, For me, the business had become automated and it's great to help people. You always have a business that's helping people. I, uh, you always have a business if you're helping people, right? Um, but I wanted to go deeper and that's why I went back to my church. It was how could I help people in a spiritual way? How could I help other people leave a legacy and find their purpose and that's really what I felt drawn and called to. So when Steve was telling me about Pray.com, I knew that we would be able to help people on a scale that was, uh, you know, so massive that I felt just drawn to that. And I felt like that's what God's purpose was my life. Uh, God's purpose for my life was uh, was to find something where I could help the most amount of people. And that's where you know my empathy quality uh, comes in, um, is you know just just knowing building the the digital destination for faith. We could help so many people, and during COVID uh, nineteen, which is still going on, we've helped an incredible amount of people, and it and you can see it in our reviews on the app store. Um, you can see it in the prayers that people post in the app. We've like over 47,000 five star reviews. I get calls from pastors and customers all the time uh, saying that we saved their life. The the app bringing them closer to God saved their life. Uh, we had, we had a guy that um, you know, posted a posted something and he was going through a really rough time. And he had a a small daughter, an eight-year-old daughter, and um, was thinking about ending it all. And he just got connected to a few people on the app and had been listening to some of our content. And um, God changed his heart and turned him around. And to be a part of something that can save people's lives I just felt called to do that as my purpose in life. Did, did this kind
0: of leads into a question that I almost said, Hmm, it's not worth asking this question because of what he just said, but I'll try to think back because did you catch that vision and that future right away? Or are you still gaining clarity into what this can really do and what it can
1: become? I think we're, uh, I think we're just scratching the surface right now okay. on what it can become. And, you know, praycom has had over 5 million downloads in the app store. We're, we're, we're getting over 500,000 downloads a month. And I think we're just scratching the surface. We're, we're mainly, you know, United States based, and there's an entire world out there. There's, you know, I, I think now we're up to, you know, 5 billion people who have internet, but, uh, we are just scratching the surface on how many people we can help uh, and how many people we can help leave a legacy and find their purpose.
0: Yeah. So one other question on this transition though, that you went through maybe, maybe not just one, I don't know. I'm not going to commit, but uh, one of the things that I have noticed with people that we'll, we'll put them in the category that the world uses that we'll call them high performers people that would be entrepreneurs business people leaders many of them are in the business world some may be in ministry but a lot of them are in the business world <clears throat> excuse me and they they get to a place where they begin asking questions like you did about success and what is my place in you know we'll call it the kingdom or in in god's plan or whatever 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 question that is And I've even got clients right now and I've dealt with people. I've been through this myself. We've had a lot of interviews related to this, Matthew. But so many of those people think that the answer is traditional ministry, that that's the route they need to go because that's, where culture and society usually directs people. It's kind of, there's like a pecking order in spiritual circles. Did you ever consider that at all? Or did you know that your business is your domain? That's where you needed to hang out.
1: Uh, no, I, I did consider it. Uh, that, that's why I, uh, you know, called my pastor's Pastor. daughter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, I wanted to help out and, and, I just didn't, I didn't know how God would make it happen. And I was trying to figure that out. And when you talk about high performers, it's, you know, we want to create a vision, have a strategy, create tactics on how to hit goals and how to, you know, um, hit OKRs or, uh, you know, different things that we're trying to achieve. And it was just, it it really was Providence, uh, the entire Way. And it was just so interesting to look back. And there's been so many uh so many bits of providence all along the way. And to to your point, uh, traditional ministry the way we see it today wasn't traditional ministry, you know, a hundred years ago. So when you look at it, uh, you know, on a couple thousand-year timeline, the Bible was being uh moved around by word of mouth people would memorize the entire the entire bible or they would memorize books in the bible then it went to you know stone tablets and parchment paper and then we had the radio and now we have the internet and apps and so uh really i am an innovator at heart and doing something that is traditional would be very difficult for me to do so i I never thought that it would be something that is uh, traditional. And nothing wrong with traditional. I am just a person who's always trying to push the limits. And that's um, that's the zone that I operate in and I feel most comfortable in.
0: Yeah. The, and so one more question on transition, then I'm going to ask you to maybe speak to some people that have gone through similar things. But any, any fears, any hesitation, any you know you were concerned about leaving this company you had helped found uh and move over anything else or was everything just so laid out that the steps were you know churchy word here ordered that you knew it you knew that you knew that you knew or were you like going hmm boy i hope this works out uh can you think back to your mindset then
1: yeah looking looking back there's always there's always a healthy level of Um, nervousness or apprehension uh, that causes you to question but the more you question you find the steps are laid out and as you question more you find them ordered right and um, that really helped me so yeah there was a healthy level of nervousness or um, but you translate that to excitement as you question more and you see things that are you know, very aligned or, or at least loosely coupled, but you can see the, you know, the next few years in a row. And, and you also have to lean on your team, lean on the people that are around you, who uh, you look up to, who, who mentor you and have a mentor, have someone that you go to. Uh, I ended up having a couple incredible mentors and um, that, that just, you know, made me feel like I was going in the right direction combined with, you know, praying every night and finding that this was God's purpose for my life, just based on the feel of it. And then also the data from questioning and finding out answers.
0: Yeah. Well, the cool thing is, you know, we talked just a moment ago about traditional ministry, and i just read some articles this morning that you know at the time of us recording this pandemic is continuing you know some numbers going up in some places some places they're leveling off it's it's still not under control might be the best way of saying it hopefully by the time this releases it's great i, I don't know i don't know that that's yeah. going to be the case but there's a lot of places that they're not going to be able to gather together and have church you're in la right y- y'all can't do it yeah. there correct
1: Yeah, in in Los Angeles, the numbers are going up, and, um, you know, this virus is a real problem. Um, But I think a lot of churches have figured out, and uh, ministries have figured out, how to help people online using different tools, um, and Pray.com being one of them. Uh, But yeah, we're we're not having church, or some people are, and having, you know, socially distanced church, um, which is a need for for some people and i think churches have evolved and just like you know just like they evolved so long ago from spoken word of mouth to stone tablets you know we will find a way to proclaim jesus to the world and uh whether that's you know the spoken word or the internet um, we will find a way so yeah
0: Well, I I guess where I was going with that, too, is truthfully, the platform that you guys have created, the app and the platform, which is Pray.com, literally, we could say that it was created for a time such as this because of all the disconnect. And we know that we love to connect. And listen, prayer is, you know, our communication with our Father. But there's also this whole aspect of praying together and being part of a body. And, you know, did we think it could be done digitally? I I don't know. Had you asked me that in 2016, I don't know if I would have been that much of a visionary, but how much of what's happening now did you guys see in 2016, if any, or were y'all just being obedient, putting the pieces in places so the father could could take this when he you know knew these things might be coming have you all talked about that <laughs> yeah
1: we you know we haven't discussed that in particular i can say that we've looked back and when you look back at, at just some of the things that had to uh, come together for for pray.com to even be built or along the way that we saw happened have just been divine providence and you know, such a time as this, we're, we're going to look back in 10 years and, and say, you know what, that was God having his hand on, on pray.com to help people. And he knew that he wanted us to build this to be able to help people for this time that they were going through in their life. So uh, it's, it's interesting. And I would say that we, you know, we like to look backwards and, and see those divine moments, those providential moments that had happened.
0: Sure. There's a question that I like to ask. There are variations of this, and I think we've danced around it, but I I like to ask this question of people that are in positions like you're in, Matthew, and and there might be variations of this question that are out there in in the world, but have you, you know, there's, there's there's something that we talk a good bit about, which is work ethic, you know, that, you know, we need to, there's times where we just need to put our heads down and just grind it out. And then there's times that we're sh- we should just pause and listen and reflect the time. We need to, you know, be quiet and pray. And then there's also things that we just can't explain. Providence, you know, the hand of God. Some people might call it luck if they don't believe the way we believe, which, okay, yeah. we can throw that in the mix too. Hard work, being blessed, favored, whatever. Yeah. Have you... Can you speak to the relationship between all of those? And again, we've danced all around this, so I don't know if we're just answering the same question in different ways here, but but how do those things fit together? Because there are people that are listening in that they would listen to this and say, oh, well, Matthews, he's just lucky. He was in the right place at the right time. I think we've addressed that, but if they still think that. Um, yeah. and, then, and then some people we've seen that they just grind it out, man. They are just working, 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 and maybe never pause to listen. Get on their knees and things like that. I've been like that in the past. Probably in the in the 90s, I was that way. But yeah. can you maybe talk to the relationship between all of those and and what maybe you've learned from that?
1: Yes, um, absolutely. So you know when you when you start a company and you start a bootstrapped company, you know it's going to be hard. You know you're going to have capital constraints. You know it's going to be hundred hour weeks. Um, When you start a company, and it's a venture backed company, you know, there's all these stories of overnight successes that we like to immortalize in, uh, you know, in the news and on television, um, you know, where just overnight, it it ended up working out and it was all it was lucky, right. Um, That's definitely not the case. Uh, for us at Prey.com. And, and definitely not the case for a lot of those other stories that are made to sound like they were overnight successes. Right. Uh, it is hard work. It is, you know, a grind. It is 100 hour weeks. And um, that's something that I had to come to the realization early in pray.com because I had just gone through that 10, for 10 years uh, at Homestack where we grinded to finally be able to uh, say we were a real uh, company and not a startup 10 years later, um, you know, because what is it? I think the stats are nine out of 10 companies fail in the first five years. Um, so, you know, having a 10 year old company is incredible. And then re- pressing the reset button and starting a new company from scratch, I thought, you know, it's going to be easier this time. And it's not. It never is. And it it's it's hundred hour weeks. It's it's weekends. It's uh, losing time with family and friends and birthdays. And uh, I, I remember an instance. I was I was on an airplane going to a conference, and I had totally forgot that I was in my friend's wedding that same day. And I didn't. It didn't even cross my mind because I was so focused, and and you know so. Um, focused on the mission of, of building this company and helping people that I had just totally lost track of my personal life. And I'm not necessarily saying, su- suggesting that to anyone. Uh, if that's and and not you're probably right. not proud of it. You're not proud of it, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, oh I, I, owe, uh, I owe my friend a lot of steak dinners after that. But um, he understands, thankfully, Uh, and has since forgiven me for that, but, you know, we, we talk, we skate around the things like you were talking about. And it really, what we're talking about is balance, right. And having a balance and, and, you know, I just, I don't believe there is a balance. If you're starting something and you know that it's, you know, God ordained in your life, your purpose, then you should put your complete effort, uh, into making that successful. And that, that is what we've done. That is what my co-founder, Mike Lynn, Ryan Beck, Steve Gatina, myself, what we've done is just, we've put in a lot of hours and really there's been no balance. And, and that is, that is what it takes now in 2021, 2020, to be, um, to make something successful, make something that can help people and that can grow big enough to help more people and you know god puts people in your life to to help you uh relax and and slow down and puts things in your path uh to do that and we've done that along the way but i truly don't believe there is a balance if you're starting something new if you're innovating and creating something new you have, to, you have to love what you are doing. You have to love. And that's why you know, I believe it is God's purpose in my life to help people. And I love helping people, which is how I am able to put maximum amount of effort into pray.com and how my co-founders are able to put maximum amount of effort into pray.com. And every single person we've hired, our team is incredible. I mean, we, we accept less people at our company than the Navy SEALs do. And the people in our company really give 120% every single day. I mean, it's incredible to see the amount of output and, and effort that goes on. And, you know, I can't attribute that to anything other than God's purpose. And they're fulfilling God's purpose for their lives. And, and that's what they view as God's purpose for their life too. Well,
0: I, th- I think the amount of energy, I think that's really key that you brought up. It goes back to our definition of success and all of that. Because I actually have observed as I, as I do what I do and also observe myself and others, I'm excited I get to speak to people like you now in this, in this environment. It is amazing that there is a higher degree of energy expended when people truly believe that they are at least close to what God's purpose is for their life. And listen, I I think we're all, we're always asking for clarity. And, you know, what's my, I use the word assignment a lot. What's my assignment in your kingdom, Lord? And and I ask it daily because if it changes, I want to be able to pivot and move and things like that. But don't you think that now you did it with, uh, you know, Homestack, but you probably felt that that was your purpose at that time also, correct?
1: Yeah, I, I did. I did. And, and you know what? Um, I think that was God preparing me for a big mission. And God, God does that, right? He puts yeah. you through many trials, right, to build that in you. Well, it's training.
0: I think that was training. You were just getting the muscles ready. So that you could be ready for it when it was maybe maybe bigger maybe not I don't know I don't I don't think we need to judge because there's a lot of good things going on with that other company but I think you were just going through cross training or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't don't hurt yourself or don't pull anything that cross training that yeah, can be kind no, of
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's that's great but yeah you you, know, you you go through things and and at the time you go through difficult things and you don't you don't realize that it's preparation for something that you know god has for you in the future that's that's really going to help you out um sure. you know i've had a few experiences like that where i had dealt with a very difficult situation at, at home stack and brought that expertise into pray.com and it it had helped us you know through through a similar time which was which was really great so you know god gives you trials of many kinds to uh, yeah. prepare you for big dreams in the future. Sure. all right
0: so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to a role that is not it would not be anything that I would typically say. So I'm going to yeah. pretend like I'm someone else here. but <laughs> there are people that would say with an organization or a company like pray.com, you guys probably don't care about money. Yeah, that, that there isn't a financial model there that y'all are just doing good and everything's fine. But what's the financial model? Can you share what can you share about how you
1: guys or do y'all not care? Y'all are just doing good and it's, not, it's all <laughs> fine. <laughs> no, it, no. Pray.com has investors. We've got incredible investors uh, mm. who believe in our mission and our vision for the company. And there is an ROI, right? There is a return that they get on that, and um, it. Our business model we're completely transparent about. We have subscription-based audio content um, that is, you know, high quality. We've got incredible, uh, you know, producers, sound designers, um, designers, uh, writers, voice actors and actresses. Uh, our director of of content, Max Bard who puts the whole thing together. It's like organizing an orchestra. By the way, we also had an orchestra. So 61 piece orchestra that did all the compositions for uh, you know, all of the content and uh, all of that costs money. And so we do charge a subscription price for all of the content. Now we've got great and amazing subscription content. Our, Sleep stories, biblical sagas, kids stories, and during uh, March and and those um, you know first six months of COVID-19, we actually enabled a lot of it for free for people because we knew, you know, parents are at home with their kids all day long. They need you know kids Bible stories to put their kids to sleep at night, or they need our um, you know Bible bedtime stories to help them fall asleep at night. So we enabled a lot of content and meditations um bible meditations prayer meditations for free inside the app to help people during those times Um, but we have all this amazing subscription content and then we also actually have more free content in the app Uh, so we enable a ton of free content in the app for people uh, so you don't actually have to have a subscription to use pray.com You can come in and you can use a lot of our free content we have pray radio we also have all of our podcast channels which uh, seek go create is on our podcast channels and uh, we love having you in the app you're helping a ton of incredible people that use uh pray.com and all of that content we enable for free for people so are we doing good yes but you have to have margin and mission you have to have profit and purpose and those are the things that we think about uh, on, a, on a daily basis is margin and mission, profit and purpose. And you have to have both. And we knew building Prey.com that we wanted to create a for-profit company so it could grow, you know, large enough where we could affect everyone in the world in a positive way.
0: Yeah, that's, that's excellent. And I appreciate you doing that because that actually led into a question I was going to ask, which is what are some features and benefits? And, uh, and we are excited to be a part of that. So I, I, we appreciate the invite. And uh, there's one other thing I want to ask before we wrap up here. And my guess is that especially with apps online, there there becomes this place, and there's a lot of discussion about this. There's controversy about it with some of the social media platforms about gathering data, but yeah. there's value to data. And so yeah. I'm just curious. This is really a totally curious question of mine. Uh, are you guys seeing any interesting and unique data that you could share and you don't have to share details but maybe trends or things going on i also know and you could i think you might have mentioned this earlier but you guys are not specific to a specific religion or anything i mean it's kind of open i mean pray there's a lot of (laughs) there's a lot of religions around the world that pray it's not like even just the christians or anything that have a have the uh you know the um uh the the only way to, to do that. So maybe just mention about the I guess the uh, somewhat openness and then any data or trends. That's kind of my last question before we get to my wrap-up questions here.
1: Yeah. So in our prayer communities, where you can create a community, post prayers and prayer requests, and people can you know say if their prayer was answered and also communicate back and forth around a prayer or prayer request, it is open. Uh, to anyone that prays or anyone that wants to create a prayer group anybody can go in start their own prayer group whether it's uh, you know women's Bible study or it's a local church or nonprofit it doesn't have to be faith-based um, but you can you know post your prayers and prayer requests now in the um, as far as data goes is there interesting data that we're seeing in in the app is um, there is. And what we've seen is we uh, just actionable data, right? So we're looking at, uh, you know, when are people using the app the most? And we saw that lots of people were using the app at 10 p.m. at night, uh, 10 to 11 p.m. at night. And so we decided to come out with our, you know, Bible bedtime series. And we took the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelations, and it's set with a specific tone and diction and Uh, voice actor or actress and music to help you fall asleep. And, and, you know, we just found that really interesting that everybody was using the app at, at night. And so when we launched our Bible bedtime stories, it was very clear that, that people loved our Bible bedtime uh, series. And it actually uh, became the most listened to uh, thing inside the app feature in the app. So Um, that that is uh, something that's really interesting the other thing that I found very interesting is use of our prayer meditations uh, increased exponentially as well as our kids stories during uh, COVID so during March and those 90 days after March Uh, and you know we can say that it's it's people who are dealing with anxiety, dealing with loneliness, hopelessness, depression. Uh, and, and those are our true competitors. Like if you were to say, what is Pray.com's competitors? It's hopelessness. It's mm-hmm. depression. It's anxiety. And and we're helping people through Bible stories, through content um, with Pray.com. And so that that's some interesting data that we look at um you know pretty much every day is is what are people listening to the most what times are they listening uh what days specifically and so i found those to be really interesting it is fascinating because it's
0: as you bring it up those are typically times that uh we'll go back to traditional ministry that traditional ministry may not have a connection
1: that's right To those people That's what right. you do how can how can we be there for people when no one else is there. And yeah. and we saw this in our uh, prayer communities. People were posting prayer requests really late into the night on very serious things that they were troubled with or dealing with, which led us to, we need to create content for people that can be there for them. Because if you call your church at 4 a.m., uh, no one is going to pick up no one is there and it's not the church's fault um, that they're not there for people but that's that's why pray.com exists is to help people during those moments uh, during those times that no one else can be there for them yeah that's
0: all that is so good Matthew I, I appreciate you sharing I'm glad I asked that because I wanted yeah, I didn't really have that down. So that I think that's some great insight. For anyone listening that has a ministry heart, that's powerful. I think you have something else. What else?
1: Yeah. Uh, also, uh, something that you were mentioning, openness. All of our content is Bible-based. So yes. all of the content in the app, all of our meditations, our Bible series, it's all Bible-based. So it's, it's Very Christian good. content uh, in yeah. the app.
0: One of the reasons I bring that up is that we recently have had massive number of listeners over in India. I've been to India. I know they've got, I know they've got Bible and Christian uh, faith there, but also know a lot of the Hindu and others. And if you're listening in, I know you welcome people to come in and just be a part of what you're doing there. And so we kind of invite them in. Also, I guess is where I was kind of going
1: Absolutely. with uh, Absolutely. with that
0: question, Matthew. a Couple of things just as we wrap here. Um, What do you want to be known for? What is, have you ever put some thought into it when, you know, years from now, what would you like to be known for?
1: Yeah, I I would love to be known for uh, fulfilling God's purpose in my life, reaching that potential um, and helping the most amount of people. Um, If I can help the most amount of people and make an incredible positive impact in the world, that's what I would want to be known for. Is, yeah. is just helping an incredible amount of people. That, yeah. that, would be, that would be awesome.
0: Is that how you define success?
1: That is how I define success, is yeah. how many people have we helped today? How are we you know, growing to help more people, help more people fulfill their purpose in life and help them leave a legacy of helping others? So that's really, um, really what I think about every day. Yeah, this is
0: probably for those watching, they could see pray.com on your shirt. And for those listening, they've heard it. But I want to ask, how can people connect with you, find you, find pray.com? That's pretty simple, but maybe we need to state it. We'll include it in the notes, but go ahead and let people know how they can connect with you guys.
1: Yeah, you can connect with me. I have a really complicated email. So um, take out your notepads. It's matt, M-A-T-T, at pray.com So you can email me. <laughs> anytime. Um, I'm on social media, but uh, I don't really check it that often. So uh, email is the best way to get in touch with me. It's matt, M-A-T-T, at pray.com. And um, give our app a try. You can can go to our website or you can download our app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store just by typing in pray.com.
0: Yeah, sure. So thank you, Matthew. I appreciate that. The title of our show is Seek Go create has a lot of depth and meaning in a lot of ways, but I love to ask as a final question: Which one of those words jumps out at you, and why? And then I'll do a quick wrap, and we'll be done. So, which one of those words, Matthew?
1: I'm going to say all three. No, you. No, I need to pin you down. Come on now. And and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you why it's all three too. Okay, go ahead. All right, fire away. So, if you're starting a company, or even if you're starting a ministry, you have to seek and be customer obsessed. So seek out your customers, seek out your business model, then you have to go, go to your customers, go to the team that you need to build, and then you need to create what you found uh, from all of the data that you collected and all the people that you met and, and really help their needs and create what helps them. So seek, seek your customers, go, go to them and find out what they need and create, build it. And, and really just help as many people as possible, whether it's a business or a ministry. So all three is what I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> wow. Well, we might use you in some of our promotional stuff here. So be prepared for that. So that's very it. good. Uh, Matthew, <laughs> no thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you've got a lot going on. We've got a lot going on. I just appreciate it. If you'd like to continue in the conversation, we encourage and welcome you to do that. Go to seek gocreate.com to comment on this episode or any of our past episodes you can also connect with us there and uh, and also other places you could go we're on facebook linkedin twitter instagram also now on youtube you may be watching this on youtube and you could put comments and we of course encourage you to like subscribe all of those places we are seek go create what a great conversation today thank you for joining us until next time be all that you were created to be you uh-huh.